I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. Talking, talking to my diary. I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. I'm talking to my diary. I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. I'm talking to my diary. I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. I'm talking to my diary. My problem is that I am strategic, but I'm not tactical. I'm a strategist, but I'm not a planner. The difference is that strategy is more high level. I like to think about how everything's going to work together. I think at the macro level. When I'm talking crypto, I, I like to think of, I like to look at the weekly chart or the monthly chart. I like to see the big picture of where it's going in the long run. When it comes to visioneering, I like to talk in big, bold strokes about what's coming. But when it comes down to getting down to the minutia of actually how to get there, I'm really no good at that at all. So what I find is my biggest problem is that I spend my whole week planning my whole week. I spend so much of my week trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing with my week. That's my problem. What I'm learning is to just sit down and do something. And that's why this podcast has been such a kind of a breath of fresh air for me. Because I can just sit down and start talking. I don't have to plan it. I don't have to be tactical about it at all. Uh, it's easy for me to do. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort. I just have to have a thought and sit down and say something into the microphone and then publish it. So, but being strategic is important. I took the Strength Finders 2.0. Have you ever taken that? Strength Finders 2.0. Such a really cool tool. It gives you your top five themes out of this whole list of all of these different strengths. The whole concept of strength finders is that you shouldn't waste your time trying to get better at your weaknesses. Instead, you should waste your time, not waste, but spend your time maximizing your strengths. My number one theme is strategic. My second, uh, my number two theme is ideation. So, I'm a strategist who comes up with ideas, but they're strategic ideas. They're not plans. And then my third theme is uh, futuristic. So strategic, ideation, futuristic. I'm constantly coming up with futuristic ideas that are strategic. And then my fourth theme is uh, positivity. Strategic, ideation, futuristic, positivity, Oh, what was the fifth one? Can't remember what it was. But the whole concept is I'm a big picture, future oriented guy, big bold strokes. But the nitty gritty, the day to day, that kind of escapes me. I'm not really sure what to do with that. But I did have a thought this morning, and I actually went back to an old Evernote file that I wrote years ago. I read this book. I can't even remember who the name of the author of the book is, What, but I or even what the book is called. But he talked about this expedition to the top of Mount Everest and all of these different groups that were basically broken into groups. And um, most of the groups had kind of a haphazard methodology for approaching this, this climb. Uh, there were days that were sub-zero and they wouldn't climb at all. And then there were days that were warmer and they might, you know, make a long walk or a long long march on those days but there was one particular group the captain of the group his idea was we're going to march 20 miles a day no matter what come hell or hot water we're going to march 20 miles a day 
And so if it's sub-zero temperature, we're going to march 20 miles on that day. If we're heading into 300-mile-an-hour winds, we're going to march 20 miles on that day. And if the sun is shining and it's nice and peaceful, guess what? We're going to march 20 miles on that day. And um, he not only finished the journey in record time, but most of the other teams never even finished the journey at all, and many of them had many casualties or fatalities along the way. And what tends to happen is we get off track. I know for me, at least, I can say my problem is that I can start anything, but doing important stuff every day, uh, I'm not good at that. That's called consistency. So this morning I opened up an Evernote file and started to just jot down what would the components of my 20-mile march be. If I, if I developed a, devised a 20-mile march for myself, what would that look like? What are the things that I would be doing every single day? Well, of course, at the top of that list would be prayer. I've come to recognize, and I'm going to talk a lot about this in the coming days, that the highest form of human happiness is not what the world says it is. The highest form of human happiness in the world's eyes, would be drugs, sex, and rock and roll, right? I mean, the, this higher or elevated state of consciousness that drugs, sex, and rock and roll can kind of facilitate for you. And then you add to that money, but what money can do for you is buy you more drugs, sex, and rock and roll. But I've discovered, and it's not a discovery or revela a revelation that's um, unique to me, I remember three moments in which I experienced the greatest happiness of my life. The fullest, the most satisfied, content, and joyful, peaceful, most fulfilled that I ever was in life. And uh, all three of them were in the middle of extended fasts. All three of them were in the middle of extended fasts. One of them, I was on a 40-day liquid fast. And right around the 38th day, something like that, I just had this moment, just stupendous peace, overwhelming joy and happiness and fullness and a sense of needlessness. Just this overwhelming sense of this is the pinnacle of my personal happiness, at least. And I believe this is the pinnacle of human happiness. And there's, there's not enough drugs in the world or sex in the world or rock and roll in the world or even money in the world that could ever procure anything that would come close to a moment like that. The second was um, I was on the eighth day of a 10-day fast. And uh, I was deep in the flesh so deep in the flesh that I had already determined that I was going to quit the fast and I was going to leave and I was going to go get a burrito and eat. And my wife said, that's fine, but just pray tonight. Just go into your office tonight and pray. And tomorrow morning you wake up, you want to end the fast? Cool, go eat whatever you want. And I went into my office, honestly, intending to just put on my earphones and watch Netflix. But I felt guilty because my daughter was small and my wife, giving me the evening to pray had taken upon herself the full responsibilities for caring for our daughter, giving her a bath, getting her ready for bed, putting her down, all of that. 
So I thought, well, if my wife is going to take that responsibility, I might as well honor it by doing what she sent me here to do. I was so deep in the flesh. I didn't feel like praying. I didn't want to pray. Nothing inside me was ready to pray. So all I did was just quote Psalm 23, 1 over and over again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd and I, I shall not want. And all of a sudden, something started to change on the inside of me. And I can't even describe what happened in that room that night except to say that I looked up at the clock at a certain point and it was almost 1 o'clock in the morning. I went in there about 6 o'clock in the evening and the time passed like it was only a few moments. And I came out of there feeling so full and so alive and I, I, I said to my wife, I can't believe I almost exchanged this for a burrito. That moment for me, and I feel like I'm supposed to have that every day. And so that's why prioritizing prayer, putting prayer, because, you know, you've got, this is the, the worldly trinity of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Well, in the kingdom of God, you've got worship, you've got the word, and you've got prayer. And n not only in the individual sense, but also in the corporate sense. And you put those three things together, and they're supposed to actually facilitate for you the awareness of the presence of God that constitutes the highest form of human happiness. There's all these videos on YouTube about how to hack your humanity or hack your consciousness and so forth. And I, I just, so much of it is just bankrupt, just completely bankrupt. Complete bankruptcy. So, so anyway, that was a tangent, but prayers at the top of the list. I put exercise on that list too, even though I don't do it. I mean, I don't near, I don't pray nearly as much as I need to either. But if I could prioritize those two activities, I know I would be so much happier in life. I just get so caught up in lesser things. Writing is another one. I would write every day. Working on my music, recording music. I got music that's coming out soon that will blow you away, I think. I got so many different tracks that are in various stages of completion. I got a, a, enough tracks in the works to constitute a whole album. If I could just get them done. And then I got a whole bunch of more ideas and new songs in my head. I just always feel like I don't have the time to work on them. But if I just worked on them every day, maybe an hour a day, practice the piano every day, just a little bit every day. I've been practicing the piano pretty consistently pulled out my old trumpet started practicing it again too it's been a long time I do the crypto thing just a little bit every day wouldn't take more than 30 minutes or so 30 to 40 minutes pump out my charts make my quick video throw it up on YouTube answer some questions in my patreon done I would clean 
If I just spent about 30 minutes cleaning and organizing every day, it would probably suffice. The problem is I wait till things are out of control and then I have to spend a whole day cleaning. Journaling. That's another one. Journaling. So important. We'll talk more about that one in a later later episode. But anyway, what I'm working on is cultivating a sense of what my 20-mile march is. And my goal is to nail down that 20-mile march and then march it every day. Adam Grant said he talked about um, having the right amount of leisure and how there's this inverted U-curve when it comes to human happiness in terms of leisure. If we don't have enough leisure, we feel like we're enslaved. If we have too much leisure, we feel purposeless. And so, I'm going to get it together, folks. I know I've been saying that for 45 years. I'm going to get it together, though. But I must confess, I am pretty productive for a dysfunctional person. I mean, I can crank out podcasts like this. Wait till you hear the About the Benjamin podcast when it comes out in mid-September, hopefully. I mean, the, the, the interviews have just been astounding. The people that I, these, are, these are stories you never knew you needed to hear from people you never knew had a story that would blow you away. This stuff's going to be incredible. I'm so excited about it. I've been recording these interviews and working on stuff for months. It's going to be tight. But anyway, folks, just get better a little bit every day. That's all. Work on it every day. That's what talking to my diary is all about. Maybe you need to do a little talking to your diary, huh? All right, that's all I got tonight. May the joy of the Lord be your strength and may his favor be your shield. Bless up. I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. Talking, talking to my diary. I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. I'm talking to my diary. I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. I'm talking to my diary. I'm talking, 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 talking to my diary. I'm talking to my diary.